0: Welcome back to another episode of Chargers Lately. Happy New Year to everyone as well. It's it's 2021. I hope all of you guys had a wonderful holiday break. I know I did. I appreciate you guys kind of sticking through me with that. Wasn't the same amount of content through the holiday season, but I mean, we all kind of need our breaks, especially after a, a long season like this, especially my first season covering the team uh, from a professional standpoint was, uh, it was a big deal for me to kind of get some of this needed rest, especially heading into draft season and it's a draft season for the Chargers that's going to be extremely you know I don't want to say busy but I mean it's going to be lively it's going to be entertaining there's so many ways the Chargers can go in the first round whether it's tackle edge uh, cornerback I mean depending on how this team kind of fares through the first few weeks right we'll see you know who the head coach is even going to be And, and maybe we can't even get that deep into draft stuff until we figure out who the coach is the kind of schemes he's going to run and things like that regardless it is a busy time leading up to the NFL draft. I like to do a lot of things, like to be involved a ton. So uh, most definitely, again, appreciate you guys giving me a little bit of a break. And sorry I didn't tell you guys that I actually was going to to, to skip an episode there. I kind of just, you know, winged it, being away from uh, home and, and with family for a good solid week. So guys, it is week 17. We're heading into a game against the Chiefs that will be missing quite a bit of star power compared to maybe this matchup in week two. So let's dive into the injury report, and it's a fairly decent-sized injury report for both teams. So as far as the Chargers go, your players that are out that will not be playing in the season finale are Joey Bosa, Rayshon Jenkins, Brian Bulaga, Casey Hayward, linebacker Malik Jefferson, and Jaleel Adai. Adai was questionable on Friday. Um, I am recording this on Saturday. Obviously, and, and Adai this morning uh, was downgraded to out. So all of those players are out. And Sam Tevi, the left tackle, is questionable. Now that's a lot of talent. I mean, we're already missing quite a few starters before you know the season and the injuries piled up. But no Joy Bosa. Oh, and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen wasn't on the official injury report. You know, deemed as out because he is actually on the COVID nineteen list so obviously he is out he will finish his year with 900 and i believe 92 yards receiving with uh so he falls short of 1000 yards he did get to 100 receptions before he stopped playing this year and unfortunately he didn't have an opportunity to break his career high in touchdown uh excuse me touchdown receptions in a season with eight so he had eight to finish this year which is a, a, a ties the mark that he said as a rookie back in 2013 just a huge bummer man he was really on pace to set career highs he had 99 catches uh and i think 970 something yards heading into the raiders game so with three games going you know he had all the time in the world all the opportunities to, to set career highs across the board unfortunately hamstring injury plus covid uh, it just wasn't in the cards for, for Slayer this year. Moving on to the Kansas City side of things, players that will be out. So we obviously know Patrick Mahomes will not be out. He will be sat and rested prior to the team's first round bye of the playoffs. Other players out include rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Tyree Kills out with a hamstring injury, Ben Neiman, one of their middle linebackers, Mike Remmers. I can't recall if Remmers was a starter or not. I believe he is one of their guards. He's out. Uh, Sammy Watkins will be out as well. And then questionable are defensive tackle Derek Nadi, one of their starters, and Le'Veon Bell, their backup running back. So in this game, if Bell plays, you're probably going to see a lot of Bell. Uh, but overall, a lot of their good players, not uh, healthy in this one. But at the same time, I would be surprised to see someone like uh, Travis Kelsey play. You know, he set the receiving record yardage wise for tight ends in a single season, broke George Kittle's record this year. He has kind of all the records and things he needs. I don't see why he would play in this game as well. Uh, I don't know if tackles, you know, Eric Fisher and and Mitchell Schwartz, I don't know if those guys will be playing either. Both starters, both important to the success of this team. Guys like Chris Jones and Frank Clark on the defensive line, you know, maybe they play, maybe they don't. I just don't know how many starters, if at all, we will see against Kansas City this week. One of the bigger storylines, especially recently with rookie quarterback Justin Herbert, was the rookie touchdown record. Against the Denver Broncos, he only needed one, and that's all he threw for. He threw for a single touchdown for his 28th score, passing score of the season to break Bayer Mayfield's record of 27 that he set back in 2018. So on the year, he sits with 28 passing touchdowns and 32 total touchdowns uh, with four rushing touchdowns, pardon me. Now, in terms of other records that he could break potentially in this game, If Justin Herbert gets three scores, total scores, passing and rushing combined, he will tie Cam Newton's total record for total touchdowns that he set back in 2011 with 35. Now, if he gets four total touchdowns, he will break that mark and have it all for himself. In terms of Andrew Luck's passing yards record, Luck in 2012 threw for 4,374 yards. At this point, Herbert needs 341 yards to break Luck's record. I think off the top of my head Herbert has a few games I want to say over so 341 is the number this year he's thrown for that or more Mm, just once okay so the only game he's thrown for over 341 yards was against Jacksonville in week seven he has thrown for 330 326 oh no excuse me here's the 366 effort he threw against the jets so twice okay so just twice he has thrown for over 341 and he's thrown for near 341 a couple times it is a possibility he only threw for 253 against the broncos the offense just looked real off kilter against denver this past week just rough a rough way to go knowing that he needed to average 290 uh, to finish the record two weeks ago I mean, on the year, he's averaging, let me find it. I don't know why they aren't giving me, oh, number, Oh, here it is, 288. I mean, like, so before the Denver game, he was averaging more than 290, what he needed to to break Luck's record. Unfortunately, he fell short of that. Again, the offense was just not what you'd expect uh, against a Denver defense that was obviously missing quite a few pieces on that defensive side of the ball. So, four touchdowns for the total touchdown record to break Newton's mark. Uh, 3.41 to break Luck's record for passing yards by a rookie in a single season. Two things to keep in mind. One of the other headlines going into this game is that without Patrick Mahomes, Chad Henney, the 35-year-old veteran, will start Sunday against the Chargers. Some things to know about Chad Henney. Again, 35 years old. He has only attempted 11 passes in the last five years. He's been with Kansas City, and he's also been with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was actually a quarterback with jacksonville when gus bradley was still the head coach of the jaguars so 11 pass attempts last five years he wasn't even in the nfl in 2015 and 2019 so this isn't just like a guy who's you know been a solid backup seen some decent time you know in reserve duties and stuff like that i mean he's been almost nothing in the nfl you know of his last six seven years two of them he wasn't even on an nfl team right so i guess i don't really know what to expect from Henny this year so far in his career he has thrown for 58 touchdowns but 63 interceptions so not a good TD to interception ratio at all uh but in total he has thrown for 12,990 yards in his career against the Chargers he will probably be able to cross over that 13,000 yard mark gets him a nice little threshold to pass but in general like, it's not a scarier or intimidating thing. This isn't Matt Moore who showed some promise, you know, uh, over the last few years in, in reserve duties. This is a, a totally different quarterback. Uh, I know it's Andy Reid. You know, I know he can get the best of anyone he really trots out there. I just don't know how scared the Chargers really have to be of Chad Henney. Regardless, you can't take anyone suiting up for the Chiefs uh, lightly whatsoever. I'm Alex Rodriguez. Lastly, something that a lot of people have been talking about this week, especially with Black Monday coming up on Friday, or Monday, of course, Black Monday on Monday. Um, Black Monday is the day where most teams get rid of their head coach if they plan to do that at any point this offseason. Usually it's the Monday following the final regular season game of the year. So what we have to ask ourselves is will beating the Chiefs and ending the year seven and nine with a four win streak will that help anthony lynn keep his job so i am torn on what's going to happen and what i think should happen i've gotten several calls this week from other writers friends colleagues who all want to know what's going to happen to anthony lynn what i think is is eventually going to happen with the head coach now He's won some games right nine and seven the first year where he showed he could be the coach that this team needed and then 2018 they go 12 and four to show even more so that he is the coach this team needs this franchise needs and then 2019 happened and they're five and 11 they end up with the sixth overall pick and they can't win a close game to save their life. here comes 2020. It's the same story in 2019. It is close loss after close loss after close loss. Blown leads over and over and over again to a point where it was historic. I think they were the first team to blow three straight 16-point leads in three straight games in NFL in NFL history. Pardon. They even blew a 21-point lead to the Broncos the first time those two teams matched up. Lost in the final play of the game. A 21-point lead which is just unfathomable. Absolutely insane. But after he's hunkered down, after the worst loss in franchise history of 45-0 drumming by the New England Patriots, Anthony Lynn said it will never happen again, as long as he's the head coach. And soon after that game, he took over the special teams unit. Since that time, the Chargers have won three straight games, all by one score or less. So three straight close games, close wins. And at the same time, special teams has been much better. Not nearly as many penalties, not nearly as many mistakes, gaffes, what have you. And Nasir Adderley, who has seemingly taken over kick return duties from guys like either KJ Hill or Joe Reed, he has two huge kick returns in the last three games. I think one was for 70, 71, 72 yards, something like that. The other one was for 53 against denver so not only has he figured out the the disciplinary or the discipline issues with the uh, special teams not only has he fixed the the mistakes the huge pivotal moments that come from that unit but he's also fixed the return game which has definitely you know given the team some life he's shown just kind of like he did after that 0-4 start in 2017 that when he does you know he's figured out the problem. Yes, it's it's late, but better late than never. He's fixed it. Team's winning games, these close games. You know they're about to go into. Yes, they're not making the playoffs, but they're about to go into the twenty twenty one offseason with a four game win streak. Should they beat the Chiefs, which they should, Let's just get that out there. They should. So, for continuity purposes, Justin Herbert is a godsend right? I don't know how else you described him. Budding superstar. He is it. This coaching staff was behind it. Justin Herbert was not the greatest college prospect ever. He had issues. This team brought in Pep Hamilton. Pep, Shane Steichen, Anthony Lynn have all played a part to varying degrees in Justin Herbert's progression, his development into what he is today. Arguably the offensive rookie of the year. So How much weight does that hold? You know, if they get rid of Lynn, who do they keep for continuity purposes? Steichen? Do they keep Pep Hamilton? In my honest opinion, if they do get rid of Lynn, I do think Pep Hamilton is kept. I think he's been huge for Justin Herbert. Just the way Herbert talks about him and Pep's relationship, you can just tell. It's obvious. It's apparent. He loves Pep. The mindset that he has instilled in Justin is apparent on the field as well. Whenever Justin has bad games, he talks about how Pep keeps this mindset drilled into him that forget it. On to the next play. Who cares what just happened? And the thing is, Herbert has shown that in several games. When Herbert's thrown bad interceptions, not like game-ending interceptions when the, the game's kind of already out of hand already. I'm talking when he throws early interceptions. Justin's been able to come back and play extremely well. He's been... Kind of what you want in veteran quarterbacks. He's shown that type of resilience. That type of mental fortitude. I mean, he does a lot of things. Not just mentally, but physically as well. That veteran quarterbacks can't even do at this point. Escaping pressure. Finding and making the tough play all out of structure. Off-balance throws. He's the real deal. At least through one year. He has shown everything that you want. In an entire, complete NFL quarterback. Will that be enough to save Anthony Lynn? All of this combined. What do you weigh more? The mistakes, the mismanagement of the clock, game situations, or the recent success, the success he had to start his time with the Chargers in 17 and 18. The success of Justin Herbert. You know, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised no matter what they do. And at the end of the day whichever one they decide to keep him to to fire him I'll understand and like acknowledge and know why they did it but we just won't know until probably Monday after the Chiefs game so we're going to go ahead and finish up today's podcast with three keys to victory the 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 weekly post that I do to talk about what the Chargers can do to be victorious in the game this weekend so 2.0 version. Three keys to a Chargers victory over the Chiefs. Now, this first one uh, is with nothing to lose. The Chargers just need to let Herbert cook like he's never cooked before. It's the final game of the season. Again, the Chargers are out of the playoffs, and they already have won or they've won their way out of a top ten pick in the upcoming draft. So the Chargers don't have anything to lose, and they're playing a Kansas City Chiefs team. Chiefs team, pardon that are without Patrick Mahomes, without Tyreek Hill, and probably going to be without quite a few of their starters. I just think in this game, there shouldn't be any limits put on what the team expects out of Herbert, on what they put on Herbert's plate. They shouldn't lean on the run game to establish the run for some arbitrary reason, and they shouldn't shy away from giving him the opportunity to use his legs at all. More zone reads, more RPOs, stuff like that. I mean, really throw everything out there. Honestly, if Herbert isn't given the chance to let it rip from start to finish, again, this is a guy who's first in the league in, I think, 50-yard throws still. He's first in the league in yards thrown for against pressure. You know, That's who this guy is. Also, 11 of his 28 touchdowns have occurred on passes of over 20 yards down the field. Also the highest rate in the NFL among all quarterbacks. If he is not given the chance to let it rip from opening whistle to the final whistle, I think we all need to riot all the way into this offseason. Secondly, don't treat the Chiefs' backups like they're backups. As I kind of talked to you about, they're running out 35-year-old journeyman veteran Chad Henney. Like, a lot of people are probably wondering like, or thinking, we didn't know he was even still in the NFL. That's the quarterback that this team is trotting out there. But Andy Reid has proven time and time again that he can make a mountain out of a molehill no matter what players he decides to throw out there on offense. And the Bolts honestly can't afford to give him an inch when it comes to the mental side of this game. The Chargers can't take this thing easy. Anthony Lynn said earlier in a presser this week, I believe it was on Wednesday, that most backups in the NFL are often guys who feel like they're better than the starters anyway. You know, the whole mindset of like, if I only got my chance, I'd show them. They don't know what they're missing. That sort of thing. When you give these guys the chance to go out there and show what they can do, usually they are playing harder than the starters who aren't fighting for the job anymore. They want to play out their mind to show and prove that they are the better player. So at the same time, we need to remember that the Chargers are also playing with a ton of backups. You know, without realizing that there's a lot of people hurt right now on top of the injuries that they sustained throughout the season and before the season. So this game without the Chiefs starters doesn't look nearly like the layup it initially did when you remember who the Chargers are really trotting out there as well. They just need to go out, get it done and end the season on the highest note possible. Now lastly, you know, I I don't know if the Chargers will do this because Herbert likes to spread the ball around and there are some younger receivers who also seem to be stepping up as of late. Teron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, examples. My third key to victory, honestly, is see what Mike Williams can do with a wide receiver one workload. Keenan Allen unfortunately saw his productive 2020 season cut short due to the combination of the hamstring injury and his recent placement on the reserve COVID-19 list. He's not going to be able to break records, break his career-high marks. He's, he's just done. That's unfortunate. So without Allen, Williams becomes the team's number one wide right receiver, and it shouldn't be that hard of a matchup. The Chiefs don't have a crazy secondary. They don't have a crazy lockdown corner, so this could be a really good opportunity for Williams, who was, again, used to be or was the former seventh overall pick back in 2017. He's slated to play on his fifth year option in 2021. The team's already picked it up. His option is set to pay him $15.6 million in base salary. There's no bonuses, no nothing. It's just, it's $15.6 million in base salary. If you compare it to the rest of the base salaries at the wide receiver position, that puts him literally only behind Cincinnati's A.J. Green, who is getting paid $17.9 million in 2021, should they even keep him. As far as actual cap hit, it would be the sixth biggest at the position. Obviously, the Chargers don't want to pay Williams that type of money, right? Like he hasn't done nearly enough to be a top five, six, seven paid wide receiver in the NFL. They don't want to pay him, and more than likely, they're going to rescind his fifth-year option and choose to either let him walk or sign him to a more team-friendly contract. Now, through his first four seasons in the NFL, with only one game remem- or remaining, excuse me, in his fourth season Williams has recorded just 145 receptions for 2,408 yards and 16 receiving touchdowns he also has nine carries for 31 yards and another score that he ran in during that uh, stunning win over the Chiefs two years ago now on a per game basis he's averaging just 36 catches for 602 yards and four touchdowns per year that's really not ideal for a former top 10 pick Long story short, the Chargers should utilize this game as an opportunity to pelt Williams with targets, a la Keenan Allen, and see what he can do when the offense attempts to run through him. It's a chance to see what he can do when looked at as the number one guy in the offense, and it will help the team decide his inevitable fate with the franchise. I think it's a good idea. I don't know about you guys, but it'd be cool to see what Williams can look like when the offense attempts to run through him. There's plenty of other weapons on this team. I understand that's not like the best strategy to win any game. I just would like to see Williams, what it would look like were he to get, you know, nine, 10, 11 targets in this one. I think it would go a long ways and also just helping the team make the decision on whether or not to keep him, to let him walk. Um, It's just, you know, he didn't have a Corey Davis resurgence, right? Corey Davis had a really good 2020. And, you know, he's either going to make himself a lot of money with another team or he's going to get another deal with the Titans. Williams just hasn't been that type of player, unfortunately. Well, that about wraps it up here for today's podcast, guys. Again, appreciate all the love. Happy 2021. I cannot believe that's a thing. 2021. We're living in the year 2021. It's not as post-apocalyptic as a Mad Max movie or one of those other flicks that made it seem like we'd have flying cars or the world would be destroyed by nuclear war. We're still going through our shit, don't get me wrong, it's part of my language, but we're here. New year, new me, all that jazz. And hopefully, you know, as we head into this off season, head into the year and into the next season, it's better than this past one. Everyone's struggled, had their ups and downs, usually a lot more downs in 2020, but it's a new year, it's time to make some ups, all kinds of ups. If you guys don't follow me on Twitter already, you can at Tracks. that's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. If you don't already go, check out my written work at bulletsfromtheblue.com. That is SB Nation's Los Angeles Chargers community. Come join the fun there. Uh, yeah, that about does it here, guys. I appreciate you all. Appreciate the love. Happy holidays. Um, stay safe out there. Stay warm. If you're somewhere, I know most of you in California, I'm in a snow-covered Iowa right now. So sorry, that's just kind of a habit to tell people to stay warm. Anyway, guys, love you all. I'll talk to you later next week.